Nerdette is supported by the Sympathizer podcast from HBO. Join host Philip Nguyen in conversation with the cast, crew, and author Viet Thanh Nguyen as they discuss the making of this historic HBO original limited series. Stream new episodes of HBO's The Sympathizer Sundays exclusively on Max. And listen to The Sympathizer podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. Hey, just wanted to warn you, today's episode of Nerdette has some unbleeped swears, and we talk a little bit about reproduction, but like not actually in the reproductive sense. So if you are with young listeners, you might want to skip this one. From WBEZ Chicago, I am Greta Johnson, and this is Power Up, a project from Nerdette Podcast. In a fast and loud and busy world, sometimes it can feel exhausting just trying to keep up. So we're asking fascinating people how they handle life's hurdles. How do they set themselves up for success, power up, and recharge their batteries? Our guest this week is singer-songwriter Nico Case. Her lyrics are so haunting and gorgeous, and her melodies are just, like, entrancing. This whole thing is completely fantastic. God is not a contract or a guy. God is in a specified time. You cannot time its tables. It sets no glass or gable. Kind of eerie, very thought-provoking. I just really love Nico's sound and her lyrics. This is the title track from Nico's new album. It's called Hell On. We started our conversation by talking about how her expectations for herself have changed over the course of her 30-year career. Have mercy on the natural world. Like most people, I think I'm pretty hard on myself, so I've been trying to be a little nicer. I don't think I'm superstitious, but I'm superstitious. You know what I mean? Like, I don't really believe in that stuff. But I think if I say, I'm doing okay right now, like, uh, I feel really good and present, then tomorrow, like, what could happen? I mean, I was in Sweden congratulating myself on almost being done with the record. I was like, oh, this is great. You're such an adult. You did your research. Look at you. You finished those lyrics. Here we are. It's almost, and then my house burned down. So I was like... Oh, never congratulate yourself again, please. Obviously, that didn't have anything to do with it, but... But yeah, that sounds really intense. So what actually happened? Well, I had a really old farmhouse that uh, had a really old barn. Part of it was from the 1700s, and it uh, was built before electricity was invented. Wow. And this was in Vermont, right? When you were in Sweden, and this is Vermont. The fire department told me it was either an electrical short or... My hay composted, like there might have been a pinhole in the roof, and if if a hay bale gets wet, it can compost and catch fire. And it's a really common thing that happens. Wow. That which is... I never thought of before. I didn't know my hay could compost, but... That's kind of exquisite bad luck. It really is. And, you know, I've... I grew up in a farming family, and I'd never heard of that happening before. So how did you handle that? Well, I didn't really have a choice. I just, uh, I kept going. 
Because everything at home was handled. I mean, it was not comfortable. Everyone survived. You Everyone mean. survived without injury. And uh, I couldn't unburn it. So, <laughs> like, if you come home right now, we can unburn your house. <laughs> I mean, I would have, but time just doesn't work that way, unfortunately. Is it true that you recorded Bad Luck, like, two days after that happened? That was the day it happened. It was the day it happened? It wasn't the whole song. It was just the vocals. Like, the song was already recorded. It was just the main vocal. So you had already written it and everything, mm-hmm. but that was the day. Oh, my God. Yeah, that was what was on the slate for that day, so. Woke a dog from a running dream in this bad luck. Bad luck. Made a black fly in the cream in this bad luck. Bad, bad luck. Chip my tooth on an engagement ring that's bad luck. Did that seem, I mean, thinking about being superstitious, like to have that Mm. be? No. No? No, because the song's pretty much just an exercise in inventing superstitions, so maybe it was good. I did have doubts about whether or not the vocals sounded very good, because I was speaking to Lassa, the mix engineer, and I was like, Lassa, I don't know if the vocal, the vocal just sounds kind of stunned or something or not very energetic and he's like well maybe that's what it sounds like when somebody's house burns down and i was like well okay good point that's perfect i think one of my favorite lines from this album is from the song the curse of the i-5 corridor i left home and faked my id i fucked every man that i wanted to be i was so stupid then why should mystery give its life me the line is i fucked all the men i wanted to be can we unpack that a little bit because i think it's super interesting I don't want to explain it too much because if, if people think have their own ideas about it, yeah. I don't want to wreck it. But That's you know, fair. as a young person, like I didn't have, I don't, I didn't know what love was. I didn't know what relationships were. I just needed something, but you don't know why it is that you are drawn to certain things. So there were times when you wonder why you were attracted to someone and they were attracted to you. You don't understand. And I don't know, men and women aren't friends the Mm -hmm. way I was brought up. Mm -hmm. They are sex partners or sisters or brothers or whatever, but there wasn't like... Or I think like victim savior, right? Like the night and shit. Yeah, exactly. There's a bunch of like super lame versions of what that dichotomy is supposed to be. And so, you know, nobody's educated about it. It's just this weird blind thing you go into with no guidance and some people had guidance, of course, but very few. And so you just kind of fumble your way along this really kind of dark line. Like, where do I fit in all this? Can it be a comfort between us? Because I never want to know for sure. Maybe I'm afraid, but it's not your fault. Maybe I should go home. And, you know, you're not even thinking about it that articulately. You're, right. you're just going toward desire and or, oh, well, if I meet someone and I'm, I find a boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever, then I'm more of an adult. 
Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah, totally. being in a relationship makes you an adult. Mm-hmm. Having a job makes you an adult. But like beyond that, you don't know what the hell it means to <laughs> totally. be an adult. You just are like, well, I. this is what they do over there. I think too, the other layer that I read into it at least is the idea that it makes me think of how, especially women as they grow up as girls, are taught not to express desire, you know, at least even if not explicitly taught that, like there's just sort of this like implication that we're around to help other people mm-hmm. but that we don't really get to like make what we want happen for ourselves. Yeah. Ambition is not something that women are supposed to have. Like it's not an attractive quote unquote trait. Yeah. And so that line to me almost, it feels kind of like a, a, a snarky throwback at that concept of like, no, I'm going to figure it out. Like Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm going to get what I want one way or the other. Yeah. And it's not a really great way to figure it out, but you don't know anything else. So you, what do you do? You just don't have any idea, but you know, if, if things had been different back then, I'm sure I would have figured it out differently, but I just, I wanted to be, in a band and I wanted to play music, but like, I couldn't have even told you that then I wouldn't have even thought that I was capable of that, even though I was completely obsessed and had been my whole life. You know, it wasn't something that was, I mean, I grew up in the Reagan era where art and music was taken out of school. So it was, it was very much a, a culture of business, 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 business school, art and music are pipe dreams and quote unquote making it right like there was only one kind of music and that was either you're famous or you're not you know or you're in an orchestra and that's okay but that's a job <laughs> that's a yeah that's okay so it was just rebellion you know and so you pick the side of rebellion what do you think of your role now as a musician you know i mean you've been doing this what 30 some years I think so. I think it's been that long. Do Since you? I was 17. Yeah. I don't so, know. yeah, 30 years, right? Mm-hmm. What do you like? Do you think of yourself as just like a person still trying to make it happen? Like, what is what does success look like for you now? Well, it's I still employ a lot of people, and uh, I think that's a good thing. We can still, you know, draw enough people where we can afford to rent a tour bus and drive around and play for people. So that's good. I want to make sure that, you know, I don't want to be on a list of the best women in, you know, like I just want to be a musician. I don't want to be a woman in music. Like I, I like being a woman, et cetera, but I, I, I'm done with the lists. Like this whole idea that music is a competition and that the competitions are segregated by gender is ridiculous. And I, I just wish that would stop. I just, I wish we were further along. It's not a compliment. Like, here's the women. Here's the best woman. And there's the 10th best woman. It's like, no, that's not a compliment at all. We that's put a, the women in a bucket. That is a... And you rose to the top of the bucket. Yeah, that is like a country fair swine competition like no it's not a compliment a childless widow of a nation you cry like guns across the water you 
that we expect you to bring springtime. It isn't fair. Searchlights wither in your hair. After the break, Nico tells us why she has to be really careful about what she eats on tour. Why do I have a beard-shaped rash on my face? Well, you were eating a lot of bread and your body doesn't really like it, so you're just going to have to wear this beard of shame until you put the fucking bread down. (laughs) Who knew bread could be so dangerous? You're listening to Nerdette. Sarah with the beaten heart, Sarah with the mouth of stone, Sarah with the... You are silent movie, Sarah. Nerdette is supported by the Sympathizer podcast from HBO. Join host Philip Nguyen in conversation with the cast, crew, and author Viet Thanh Nguyen as they discuss the making of this historic HBO original limited series. Stream new episodes of HBO's The Sympathizer Sundays exclusively on Max, and listen to The Sympathizer podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. During this series, Power Up, we've been spending a lot of time talking about how people recharge their batteries. So what do you do? Like, how do you make sure that you're powered up and ready to take on the day? Well, I don't eat sugar. And for the most part, I don't eat any wheat because I get a nice rash on my face if I do. But I'm not going to lie. There was really soft sourdough bread at dinner last night, and I ate a fair amount of that. So most of the time I'm really good, but every now and again I do something bad. But I I do try and exercise every day. Otherwise, I would be mentally insane. And uh, I I think it's kind of the number one thing is if you don't move your body, your body will— it will punish you. It will rebel against you. Yeah, but people don't really realize that's what's happening. So how much does that tie into, like you've talked before about your mental health issues that you've had in the past and depression. Mm-hmm. Like, do you, you kind of hinted at that just now. Like, do you think that physical activity really is like just one of the most helpful things you can do for yourself in terms of staying sane? Yeah, absolutely. I don't, I don't know where I'd be right now if I didn't. I mean, it's really hard to make yourself do it. And, you know, you know, I'm not saying like, why don't you just exercise people? Because there's times when you just don't have that sort of control over yourself. But I take a lot of supplements and, you know, it's taken a lot of years to get it together. I didn't just start one day and nail it. It it has been a long process, but it's worth it. And sometimes I kind of slide out of it and then I'm like, why do I have a beard-shaped rash on my face? (laughs) Well, you were eating a lot of bread and your body doesn't really like it, so... You're just going to have to wear this beard of shame until you put the fucking bread down. (laughs) (laughs) Man, what an incentive to avoid wheat, though. (laughs) It really is. But then when you have the beard, you know, it's not cool. Yeah, my three are like sleep, food, and exercise. Mm -hmm. And if I am like doing good things in each of those categories, I feel better about the world. And I think it's easier for the world to interact with me, too. You know, it's huge. And 
you know, there's a lot of time where I would love to just quit Twitter. And I'm like, well, but you're on tour, so you kind of got to check in and let people know where you're going to be or say thank you. And I check in and do that. And then, of course, you accidentally see what's happening and you feel sad again. And so you got to pull yourself out of it and start moving again, which is not always easy. You've been really interested in kind of diving into revisionist history, right? Like looking into the the women who might otherwise have been relegated to the footnotes of historical eras and stuff? Yeah, well, we've been buried, you know, just like African-Americans, people of color, um, and especially indigenous Absolutely. people in North America have been completely erased from history. It's not by accident. I mean, there's some things that are by accident and have fallen by the wayside, but it's really not. So the good thing is, is that all the people burying were so sure of themselves that they did a really crappy job and our graves are very shallow and shoddy. So we can be exhumed and uh, reinvigorated and history can look a lot different and be a lot more exciting than it is. Do you have an example of something that does this well that people can check out? I think that every person in North America and in Europe and Asia and Africa Everywhere and Australia and the, the world moon. and South America and on the moon <laughs> should read The Indigenous Person's History of the United States by Roxanne Dunbar-Ortiz. It sounds really good. What's it's really good, and it's and it's really sad and inf- infuriating, and we owe it to ourselves and to all the indigenous people in North and South America who are not extinct, not even close. But that's how we tend to talk about history and uh, talk about our way forward in the United States, at least as white people. So it's very sobering and really important. And, you know, that's not the only thing you should read. And if if you find yourself going, but what about you should look for other things to read. You should question it and check your sources and cross your sources. And I feel so much more hopeful about the future than I did. Really? Yeah. Just reading. Even when you read devastating stories about people who have been systematically oppressed for Yes, because the truth is the truth. And there is a way forward from that, like pretending that everything's hunky-dory and we have this nation with a constitution that upholds freedom, we, we don't do any of that. And the constitution wasn't written... For most cons- people. No, and, and <laughs> no women or, right. or people of color were consulted at all. Maybe secretly at home, but you know what? No, they, they weren't. And we could do some real good things if we really owned up to some shit. Apology would be the tiniest thing. I mean, it's not for me to say what we need to do. I think we need to be asking more. I feel so much more hope and so much more excitement about the world when I started listening better. Like, of course, I thought I was a woke person who, you know, I don't like racism. I don't like sexism. But the details are really important and you got to really shut up. listening feels good mm-hmm. well nico it has been a pleasure to listen to you thank you sorry i talk a lot no i'm i feel bad because i'm not saying anything new that other people haven't said it's still good to hear it you know it's like carrots 
Oh my god, I love I love carrots. You know what? They're pretty good for you. You know I should eat more carrots. So good for you. There's just a basic mental health, human health, spiritual health thing that happens when you listen. Or eat carrots. And or eat carrots. Both are encouraged. That was Nico Case. Her album is called Halon, and she is delightful. We also want to hear from you. How do you power up? How do you recharge your batteries? We've got a really great voice memo from Erin in Columbus, Ohio. She is the mother of two toddlers, and she's working full-time as a manager. She told us that Power Up has been helping her think more about self-care, which I love. Here is what she has to say. An experience I had recently, which was really amazing, was I just went for a walk in one of my metro parks here in Columbus, Ohio, and it started to rain, and I had to put my cell phone away. I didn't want to have any music on, didn't want to get my cell phone wet, and I was on this beautiful trail, and the rain started pouring, and it was so cleansing, and I just listened to the sounds around me, and I had the water falling on my face and on my shoulders and it was so wonderful and it reminded me that I just need to find moments to be in the quiet or be in nature and that really helped me move on with my day with some clarity with some joy and I'm trying to make time for that thanks so much Thank you, Erin. I'm glad that you are enjoying some of the small things in life. It's something that we should all be doing more of. We also want you to tell us how you power up. Record a hot tip on your phone and email the audio file to nerdappodcast at gmail.com. The show is produced by myself, Greta Johnson, along with Justin Bull. Our coach is Trisha Bobita. If you are wondering about Trisha, she is recharging her batteries herself right now. How is she powering up? To recharge my batteries this week, I've decided that I don't like the idea of needing to recharge my batteries. And so instead, I have written a formal proposal to Fermilab to ask them if I could be part of an experimental sleep study that negates the need for sleep. So if that comes to pass, then I will be able to have all y'all thinking that I am just being more productive when actually I will no longer physically need to sleep. Oh, this is terrifying. I really have nothing else to say. I just, I don't know, sleep is my favorite activity. Like I would never pursue a study where I would never have to sleep. That sounds horrible. What would I do all day? I just don't even know. Our executive producer is Brendan Banizak. Our intern is Stefania Gomez. Many very special thanks this week to Ariel Van Cleve. You know what you did. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on NPR One or listen in the WBEZ app. It is also very helpful if you leave us some stars on Apple Podcasts. Thanks to Big Bro 78 for leaving us a review four years ago. Sorry we didn't thank you before. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. We are at Nerd App Podcast. We have a newsletter. You will probably like it. You should sign up for it. It's at WBEZ.org slash newsletter. Our theme music is by Poddington Bear. Power up. I love Alaska. It's great. And they have really good carrots. Yeah, they do. They're huge. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> Those daylight hours really make a carrot. It's like as long as my forearm. It's like a femur-sized carrot. Nerdette is supported by the Sympathizer podcast from HBO. Join host Philip Nguyen in conversation with the cast, crew, and author Viet Thanh Nguyen as they discuss the making of this historic HBO original limited series. Stream new episodes of HBO's The Sympathizer Sundays exclusively on Max. And listen to The Sympathizer podcast wherever you listen to podcasts.